Hey guys, I'm Taylor Rooks. In this episode, I sat down with Washington wizard Bradley Beal to talk about his super special brotherhood with Jason Tatum. We discussed the way that situation impacts a player's career and where he thinks he'll be at next season. The big question. Enjoy. Bradley, it's so good to see you. Thanks for having me. There's so much to discuss. You know, the last time I saw you, uh, we were at our dear friend Jason's golf tournament. And Jason and I were unfortunately losing to you and your wife, Kamaya, in spades. <laughs> ah, see, yeah. yeah. That's that's what we do. Like, my wife knows we get very competitive with spades. So yeah. If if one of us messes up during the game, we hold that in the back of our head. And that car ride home, we let each other know. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever beaten Jason in spades? Or lost to Jason in spades? Uh, you know what? No, that may yeah. that may be our first time actually playing. So really, you you took this first day of light right along with him. So Unfortunately, it was it was because I take spades very seriously. So I was sad that we lost. Uh, then they went to play Bouray, and I was like, Nah, I'm not rich enough for this Bouray game. <laughs> yeah, get, get ugly there. Get Absolutely. Ugly. So Bouray in the NBA is like this underground thing that everyone plays, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know how to play. How much money have you lost playing Bouray? Oh, I might have to tell you after. <laughs> it's that much? No, I've never lost that much. Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't know. If I add them up, it may be a little bit. But I've won a lot too. So I might, I don't know. I'll tell you after. Okay. How it's Have a you little... taken a lot of money from others? Yes, unfortunately. But, you know, we're all, it's all a brotherhood, so. You know, it's better than us going to a casino or something like that. We all, yeah, we keep it in the family. Yeah, it's really like (laughs) this thing. It's how y'all like kill time on the plane. And I feel like it's this bonding experience that happens playing Blu-ray. It it is. And it's, we're all competitive players. That's that's just our nature. And then when it comes to cards, it's even more, you know, of a competitive spirit outside of basketball. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's another way for us to build some, some, uh, some camaraderie, some, some good brotherhood outside, outside of the court too. So. Uh, gambling is 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 intense. We don't recommend it for everybody. It's either, yeah, like me. Yeah, I was like, I'm not doing either that. you know what you're doing or yeah. you don't. Because I've been a part of a lot of vets and a lot of games where there's no teaching involved and you'll get your head cracked really quick. So. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is a very, very serious game. Um, <laughs> but obviously you and Jason are two players who don't really need any more bonding. You guys are already like mm-hmm. brothers. It's very well documented, this really strong relationship that you two have. But... You know, I like a nice moment on the show. I love when people get their flowers. So Jason has a message for you that I am going to play for you. Okay, Okay. I'm going to give you my phone. It's very sweet. Okay, here you go. Straight from Jason. Yo, what's up? Uh, Just wanted to stop by. I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it a million more times before it's all over with. That uh, I just want to say I appreciate Brad. Everybody know how close we are. You know, that's the big brother that I never had. You know, appreciate all the the talks, uh, the lessons and things like that. You know, I, you know, for me as a person, as a, as a player, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without you. Um, you know, just that true role model, right, that, you know, I, I saw, you know, growing up and that, you know, pushed me to be better and to be a better person and player. And that's something that I always admired and appreciated that, you know, you always wanted me to be better than you, uh, you know, and that, that meant more than everything. So 
you know, the real St. Louis GOAT legend, you know, because without you, it wouldn't be me. So uh, you don't get enough credit, but I'm always give you the credit. Uh, and, you know, you got to relax, man. You got to chill. You know, you, you, you YBL team, you always <laughs> videos, you cussing out the kids. <laughs> you got to chill. But, um, <laughs> no, my big brother, man, appreciate you. You know, it's all love. You know, I'm going to see you this same. Let us do it. Oh, what's it like hearing him just talk about the impact that you have had on him and his life and career? It's uh, it's surreal in a lot of ways. Um, that's dope. Um, yeah, you're like getting emotional. Yeah, a little bit. Because uh, for me, I didn't have that that image per se. Like to me, my older brother was my favorite player outside of you know the goats and the legends we see on the court in the NBA. So I didn't have that image of what a pro is like, you know, what recruiting was like, you know, going through that phase. Like I seen it within my family. And so that was my way of learning, you know, on the fly. And so it's funny that he talks about my AU team because he was a part of that. It was way before I called him Bradbill Elite years later. Um, but I used to yell at him and chew him out the same exact way. <laughs> um, but that speaks volumes. You know, that's, that just speaks volumes of his character. And uh, and just who he is. Like, for me, it's the same with Jason, same with all the kids I coach, every kid that's, ironically, we are, we're playing against some of the kids I've coached in, in the league now, you know, on my AU team. So it's the same message to all of them. Like, I did it, you know, and I didn't have a spoon in my mouth. I didn't have the picture-perfect blueprint of what to do, how to do it. But, you know, I knew my hard work would get me there, you know, if I just trusted myself and believed in myself and obviously listened to my parents and the right figures around me, you know, I can take advantage of the opportunities that I had. So um, for Jason now, look at him now, he's in the finals, right? And that's something that we always, we talk about, we never, you never imagine that happening. You know, your your biggest thing is making it to the NBA, but then to be here, to be a star player, max player, NBA all-star, superstar, all-NBA guy, now you're in the finals, like, you're almost checking every box. Now you got, what, two more games left Crazy. to get. So yeah, I commend him. I, I salute that because he he is he's becoming the face of the league right totally. in front of us. Yeah, oh, I love it. I mean, his words like clearly meant a lot to you. So I thought that's really good you were able to hear that. You know, I think we sometimes underestimate what it means to have somebody deeply believe in you. Mm -hmm. And you have known Jason since he was in diapers. You were babysitting him. Your moms are friends. Mm -hmm. And you always, I feel like, told him that what he's doing right now is what he could do. Like you always saw that in him. So when he's going to the finals, what's that phone call like? I don't call him. I don't, I don't bother him. I don't bother. <laughs> no, listen, I don't bother him because it's it's funny because people always ask, like, do you still give him advice? And it's like, it's subtly, like, because he's, he's going to develop into his own player and his own man. And, you know, what got me here may have worked for him, but now he's he's here. Like, yeah. now you create your own path. You create your own, you know, your own legacy now. And, and he's doing that. You know, obviously, I'll throw in my little, my big bro hints here and there, but he's got it. Like, you know, he's, I think the biggest lesson is, is experience, you know, and somebody can tell you all they want through their experience and what they went through. You can prepare for that. But once you're in that fight and in a moment, it's totally different. So yeah, uh, I let him rock and I'm always here to pick him up if he needs me. Yeah. Sure. Now, you know, I hear you were taking a little 16 year old Jason to the club uh, in <sighs> St. Louis. 
Okay. So that's what I hear. And mm. I know his mom found out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you got cussed <laughs> out by Miss Brandy. I want to know how she found out. St. Louis is small. St. Louis is no bigger <laughs> than this room we're in. Like, so everybody knows each other. So it wasn't. Probably wasn't too hard for her to get back around to her, but she was furious. Like, she's, Miss Brandy, she's never yelled at me before. Mm -hmm. That was the first time she's ever, like, she cussed me out. I was like, okay, yeah, never again. I'm I'm never getting on your bad side ever again. Jason, don't ask. We're not doing it. I'm not doing it. Strictly hoops, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he's he's grown up now, so you can tell us. Whose idea was it to go to club? Was he like, Brad, take me to the club. I want to go. <laughs> it was a little bit of both. It was probably him more so than me, but okay. I'll take I'll take the blame because I was I was older. And I should I knew better. So yeah, you're like accountability. I, I, I'll take the accountability for it. Okay, fair. <laughs> One thing you always say about Jason, you're like he is going to be the future face of the league. So I want you to fill in the blank for me here. Okay, when it's all said and done, mm. we will talk about Jason Tatum the way we talk about. Oh, you put me on the spot. He's still writing his story. Uh, I don't know what to say. I want to say all the greats, but there's so many. Like, mm-hmm. like I think he can be a top ten player when he's done. Like top ten player all time. time. Right. Yeah. If he puts his mind to it, yeah. I think we can be talking about him like a top ten player of all time. For sure. And his like ascent has been absolutely crazy. So love that for Jason. You know. He makes fun of me because I'm not really from St. Louis, but I was born in St. Louis. But I think it's great. What we still, we still, we, we got you. We got like, you. I'm wrapped a little bit. It's like, you know, you. I'm from Georgia, but I'm in St. Louis all the time. So it's it's really great what you guys have just done for, for St. Louis basketball. Uh, funny thing he said in that video that was about you cussing at the kids. Mm-hmm. You had a bit of a viral moment talking to your AAU team, which I loved. Why do you think it resonated with so many people online? Hmm. I think because sometimes we we kind of sugarcoat a lot of things with our kids. Like, I'm a father now. And so seeing how my mom raised me, like, that's that's a little bit of my mom coming out. Like, <laughs> that's how she coached me. That's how she coached me and my four brothers. And yeah. so imagine how our household was and how strict it was and how you had to push. Like, in the Black community, we don't have everything given to us, right? We have to work almost two, three times as hard to get that advantage. Mm-hmm. And for me, the AU circuit for us is our opportunity, is our advantage. Yes. And I think a lot of times, our, us as kids, and I was in it as well, like we lose sight of that. Like we lose sight of, you know, how many games you have, right? And how many times a coach can see you throughout the summer, right? Granted, all the rules have changed since I've came up with, like taking for granted how many games you have, the opportunity to play against your best peers on a circuit. Like every kid, on every AU team is their best kid in their state. Yeah. Every single one. But once you get on a national circuit, it becomes totally different. It's like playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Right? So you magnify that and it's like, go. Like, go. Like, this is what you wanted. Like, don't shy away from it. Embrace it even if you fail. Like, fail but know what to do on the back end of that and how you can come out on the other side of it. So that's just my vision for it. Like, continue to just push. And I feel like if they have an NBA guy, me, and there's plenty other who, plenty other guys who do it in EYBL as well. Like, if they see our faces, hear our voices, see our impact, like, they do it immediately. Yeah. Like, it is, sometimes it's frustrating because our coaches, 
will tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them what to do. And then the moment I come in and say the exact same thing you just said, <laughs> they like, go okay. out there and do it, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. But so it's just trying to get them to understand, like, it shouldn't take for me to do that. It shouldn't take for me to cuss you out. It shouldn't take for this crazy me being angry, mm-hmm. you know, kind of in a way at you guys for you guys to kind of grasp, like, go. Like, this is your this is your life. This is your dream. This is your your career. Like, you got to take it by the horns and run with it. Yeah. Because I, mean, I thought the video was great because obviously you were somebody they, they respect, that they have seen do it, and you kept it really real with them. Mm-hmm. And based on what you're saying, it seems like they respond to it very positively. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that felt like, oh my gosh, you're not going to like that. It's not how they want to be coached. But mm-hmm. how have you seen them respond to that style? It, um, is, it is hit or miss. And like, I've seen the re- I see the reviews too. And like, this last video, like, I purposefully didn't post it because I myself wasn't all the way comfortable with what I said. Like, in mm. looking back at the videos, like, okay, yeah, I might have, I might have said some stuff I probably could not have said. But the thing that I love is that my kids understand what I'm saying within my message. Like, yes. they're not listening to my curse words; they're listening to my meaning of my message, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if it's so funny because after that, there's another video of the guys laughing, smiling because we went three and one the rest of the weekend, right? And after, and so just to be able to see them retaliate in a positive way, like that's all I wanted. And there was no more yelling. There was no more screaming. Like mm-hmm. you do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you guys hold yourself to that standard and accountability. And it'll naturally just gravitate. Like winning just creates this joy and this passion. And mm-hmm. sure enough, they grasped it and understood that. And they had a, they had a hell of a weekend. Absolutely. So the viral moment was incredibly productive. Yes. It helped them yes. uh, push forward. I'm sure, though, it has to be in the best ways, right? This passion for the kids, wanting them to do well, but you want them to do so well that it also becomes frustrating. <laughs> yes. So, like, yeah. I, I tell my coaches, college coaches, Coach Donovan, when I talk to them, and Wes, when I talk to them, like, I get why you guys get frustrated with us. Like, mm. I, I understand as coaches why you guys get frustrated with us as players because we get hard hit it. You know, um, so I get it. And especially younger players like our the IQ isn't all the way there yet. And mm-hmm. so your patience has to be at an all time high as a coach. And yeah. so I'm understanding that and I'm grasping that. And it's kind of a teaching lesson for me, too, in terms of leadership and how I can kind of move forward to yeah. life. So it's kind of changed your perception of other coaches that have had to coach you. For sure. Like I'm 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 not always I'm not going to bark at coaches as much mm-hmm. as I probably have before or. um because, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, especially in the NBA, too, you got a lot of egos and grown men you're yeah. dealing with, too. So, it's, yeah, it's a difference. When in your life would you say you were least coachable? I don't think there was ever a point where I was I was ever not coachable. Okay, good. Because my mom made sure I, I was coachable. Yeah. And, yeah, she, yeah. Be, she got you together. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting, though, because obviously AAU has changed so much from when you were there to now. In what ways has social media uh, changed the younger players? Um, It's become this mentality that if I don't see it, you didn't do it. And it's kind of that's kind of frustrating because I used to have a lot of kids right after a game. We'd lose and, oh, it's what dunk is posted today or you know, what highlight is posted today? How many points did I have? And it's like, that was important. And your college coach, dang sure don't care about that. You yeah. know, in the NBA, we damn sure don't care about that either. So mm-hmm. it's just like you understand the importance that in like social media has and having a platform and being able to have 
recognition from even like a smaller city kid. Like that boosts that boosts you in a lot of ways. Um, but it can also be kind of hindrance in a lot of ways too to the kids because yeah. they become okay. That's let me do it. Let me be flashy. Let me do that just for for views or for and it's like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not what the game's about. Yeah. I mean, and it can happen so heavily that it genuinely impacts the way they play basketball, Mm -hmm. which is detrimental. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody just wants the highlights. And I think that in some ways, we're kind of seeing the effects of that. Some good, some bad. But it certainly has. It has changed the way. How do you think that we get out of that? Will that change? Or is Uh, that kind of here to stay? I think that's a thing that's here to stay. It's kind of tough. Like, it's tough to avoid social media. Yeah. As much as we want to, like— Say let's not do that. Like it's it's there. It's in front of us. Like you don't want to look at it. Our brain thinks about it. You see it. So it's yeah. like it's already there. And so it's kind of up to the kid to be able to just like in yourself realize what's important. Realize you know you got to stay disciplined. You know in your career and what you want to do and reaching your levels and goals. Because uh, one distraction, which social media can be, it'll, it'll drift you off course. Do we see, like, in the future, maybe Bradley Beal, NBA coach? Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to, like, that's, that's that's part of the reason why, like, I go back and do a lot of things with my AU program every summer. Like, my summer is scheduled around my AU team. That's great. Like, like they come first. I'm getting, I'm, like, dedicating my time to that because I'm trying to feel like if that's something I want to do when I'm done. Like, because... Mm. It is so easy to be caught in the game and it's just it's just moving so fast. Like, I'm going to year 11. Like, I don't want to count down the years, but it's like, right. I got to think of something else to do once this ball stops bouncing. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of trying to get a grasp of if I enjoy coaching. And I like it yeah. to an extent. I don't know what level I would coach. I don't know if I can coach the NBA. because it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It yeah. is a lot. Uh, <laughs> and But for the most part, my mom was a coach. So it kind of, in the blood, I kind of have it naturally. Yeah. One thing you said in the video that just resonates with me the most is you said, y'all are focusing on the wrong shit. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to start focusing on the right shit? Uh, it's tough because I wasn't, like, my growing up, my support system didn't allow me to get, like, drift off course. And me personally, I, like, I didn't, I put boundaries around myself to where I didn't allow that to happen. Like, yeah. Um, it's tough. Like, I was, like, it's the way... Like, it's me, my four brothers, mom and dad. Like, we were all in one household. Like, my best friends were my brothers. That's I grew up playing against my older brothers, getting that experience, beating up on my little younger twins. <laughs> um, so I wasn't really allowed to get distracted, to drift off course, um, or really to not really take it seriously. Like, it was something that I remember my mom and I agreed when I was a sophomore, I mean, a freshman. She said, whatever you get offered with first, basketball, football, that's what we're going with. And all four of my other brothers mm-hmm. are football players, right? So I love football. The death football is probably my favorite sport. Yeah. But Kansas offered me as a freshman. And she's like, oh, that's it. Basketball. And so it just became, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I kind of always had it within me to just stay on course. And it is tough to do. It's not easy. Like, because it's a lot of sacrifices you have to make as a kid. Like, you don't. You don't get to hang out with your friends. You don't get to party. You don't get to go to the movies all the time. You don't get to do, live the regular life as a kid. My mom, that's one thing I always remember my mom said, like, you're not a regular kid. She would always say, I'm like, yeah. I want to be a kid. She's like, you're not a regular kid. Right. And I used to be get frustrated, but here I am 28, 29 years later. I'm like, okay, I get it in full circle. So it's, it's, it's about how bad you want it. If you want it, you want to be a regular kid. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, wait, I want to rewind a little bit. How good were you at football? I was really good. Really? Yeah. Like, what's really good? And what position were you? I was a receiver. Okay. Receiver is my favorite position. Receiver and safety. And I would play quarterback if I needed to. He's doing it all. I wouldn't say do it all, but I was <laughs> I was an athlete. I was an athlete. Were you like, okay, this is the thing it's, I want? It is really, it's tough for me to watch football because I love football. Like, all four of my brothers play. And so, it's like in us to have that that spirit and just want to play football. But ironically enough, I'm the skinny, skinny guy of the group. All my brothers are linemen, tight end, so they're all big husk boys. And yeah. My mom said, okay, string bean, you gotta you gotta stick with basketball. So, <laughs> so that's what I do. Cause you know the guys that feel like, you know, I'm good at this, but I would have even been better at football. Are you do you feel like I that? Did. I don't know, because it's tough because I never want to disrespect NFL players or, or guys that do it professionally at their level. But I was really good. I was, I'm was i 6'5 on a great day in the receiver. So they, I think they can they can understand. Like, I would have been like a DK, Megatron, mm. Randy. Just bullying out there. Wishful thinking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hear that, guys? He would have been Megatron. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, we will always imagine. We'll imagine would have been right. like Bradley Beal. What husband. if? Okay, so obviously, you know, as I'm doing the research for this interview, a lot of articles are coming up about reports. I want to know what it's like to be on the receiving end of reports. Because obviously for us, you know, we get our alerts, we check the apps and all those things. And we see your name and we see that it's being brought up in all these things. Mm-hmm. But for you, when you wake up and you're a subject of a report, mm-hmm. just like walk me through what that feels like, how that day goes, what it is for uh, you. For the most part, it's like, wow, I didn't know that if there was something said like that I said that or that's what I was thinking or that's how I felt. Um or more or less like that, that that's an atmosphere or that that's, that's a possibility. Like we, like I said before, like we have social media, so we can't avoid totally. those things and when they come to us. So, I mean, I take it as a, a great level of respect, you know, from the sign that, you know, a lot of teams want you and it's a good thing, uh, as well as the team that I'm on. So mm-hmm. it's... uh. It's it's fun. Like I don't shy away from it. Like I I kind of I kind of embrace it, you know, because I could be a player that is trying to fight to stay in, you know, but I am somebody who's wanted. So it's like I'm doing something right, but you know, I got to obviously be better and do more. Uh, but it, it's a, it's not a, it's a good feeling. It is yeah. a good feeling. Yeah. So I have to ask, would it make you feel better if more of the reports were about a star coming to join you here as opposed to 100%. you going somewhere else. <laughs> All the time, for sure. Uh, that would be night and day make you feel better. Yeah. Um, which, it's been tough for us to get, get, some, get some of those going, yeah. huh? <laughs> so we're going to need some of y'all to just rally up some of these reports for me. Uh, <laughs> no, but it is, no, for sure. Like that's, like you don't, you can't believe everything you see, but, some things do have legs, you know, and um, to see something like that, that would be, that would be, that would be unique for us. Yeah. Sure. And I would think in a time like this, where obviously you have big decisions coming up, you're talking to management a lot. Mm-hmm. 
What have those conversations been like? What is your main talking point? They're always straightforward. And it's just always about the improvement of the team. Yeah. That's that's the biggest and our main concern. Like mm-hmm. um, the commitment's there from everybody. And it's just a matter of okay, how can we get better? What steps do we need to take to get better? How can we help Wes, who's was his first year, you know, so he's obviously getting his feet wet. How can we help ease his way into it and help him be better? Um, and then me, I have to play better and be better, be a better leader. And how can we improve our team? You know, obviously we came way short of where we wanted to be last year. So mm-hmm. you can't necessarily come into the season with the same mindset, same kind of outlook. You know, you gotta you gotta be different. So mm-hmm. our our conversation is always straightforward. That's what that's one thing I love and appreciate about the Wizards. Good. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of decisions, I just want everyone to be clear on the numbers. <sighs> so you can say, yeah, we're getting into it. You could sign a five-year, $242 million deal if you stay with the Wizards. If you go somewhere else, four-year, $179 million. Obviously big numbers, but a difference. And that means you are in a very rare position of being able to control what you do, where you go. Mm-hmm. Does any anxiety come with that? Because you are the person deciding right. what the rest of your career is going to look like. Uh Yes and no, because there's so many ways in which your deal can be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you stay or go, there's just a million different ways in which your deal can look like. So in that way, it can get a little impatient and be like, all right, let's settle down, like kind of narrow it down to what you want to do. But um, I always had one of my my OGs, Drew Gooden, he always told me, like I would, he's like my mentor. And he would say, Brad, these are good problems. Right. And it's like, great problems. those are great problems. Like, and it's like, when I look at it like that, it's like, I can't, you can't necessarily make a, a wrong decision. It's a matter of what you want to do with you, your career. And obviously I, I consider my family, right. And mm-hmm. what do they want to do? Where do they want to live? Where are they comfortable with? And, uh, and obviously the team for me. So it is, it is surreal in a lot of ways to be in a position I'm in, you know, it is crazy numbers. It is, it is what it is. Like, it's uncontrollable. Like, it's yeah. out of my control. Um, but I'm blessed to be here, you know? So, again, like, I don't shy away from that. Like, I'm, I, totally. I take it on with the forefront, and uh, and I have to do what's best for me. So, there is some little anxiety because I have to make the decision. And yeah, time is, is counting down. We're in June now, but mm-hmm. it's fun. It is fun to be in a position I'm in. Yeah. And they are great problems, you know? And it's good, obviously. The Wizards believe in you and want you, but there's other teams that also want you. And... So I am in no way trying to simplify the situation. I know that there is a lot of nuance that goes into it. But one of the reasons your situation is unique is it would feel like, at least to the outside world, just why I'm asking you, mm-hmm. that this feels like a decision of, am I going to pick winning? <laughs> 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 or am I going to pick mm. money? And yeah. again, I am not trying to simplify it. Yeah. But I'm just saying what it feels like. It is tough. Like, it, it is so... It is a blessing and a curse in so many ways. Because financially, like yes, it is. It is a lot of money, and I guarantee if you take a poll of on Twitter of okay, if you got offered this compared to this, everybody in their right mind would sign the big boy. So it's still sixty three million more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, So I get that, and that is tough. But like, I can't concern myself with other people will say and think. Like that's going to be their opinion. Like I know what what my decision will be based off of. And that's going to be where I feel like I can win. 
right? And that's that's going to be my decision. If I feel like I can win in D.C., that's what I'm going to do. And I want people to respect that. You may, you may not, but I'm going to fight my ass off. I'm going to compete, and I'm going to try to make this team better. If it's elsewhere, it's going to be the exact same commitment. So yeah. it is, it's twofold. Like, you're going to have people rooting for you, saying go. You're going to have people saying stay. You're going to have people say take less. You're going to have people saying all type of stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like all those things are options. Like yeah. Everything's an option. But for the most part, I'm going to do what's best for me. And yeah. I can't concern myself with what other people would say, even though it may look as simplified as people may project it. Yeah, but nothing is as, as simple yeah, as never, it seems. Never, Okay, in one word, tell me what do you want for your career right now? Ooh, impact. Okay, why impact? Uh, because everybody's legacy is it's kind of everybody, obviously different. And for me, it's like, what impact can I leave on a team, organization, a teammate, right? Was I probably one of the best teammates you've ever played with, right? Was I a good leader for you? Mm-hmm. Everybody has a desire to win. I want to win. But I also understand how crazily of a window you have to have to win, right? Mm-hmm. There's some of the most talented teams in the league who aren't playing right now, right? You have right. two super teams right now that are competing their tails off. So winning is hard. And, you know, obviously, like, you want to put yourself in a position to where you're competing for a championship, hundred percent, but um, understanding how tough it is to win, like that, that puts a lot of things in the perspective, like in terms of your future and what you want to do and where you want to go and who you want to play with. Yeah. Um, but again, something there's they're good problems and yeah. just kind of face them head on and got to deal with them. Yeah. So impact is one one for what you want, and one word. Tell me what you don't want for your career right now. Mm. I think the biggest thing would be. I guess I kind of I kind of just said it a minute ago. Like, if I didn't give myself a chance to win, mm-hmm. right? If I didn't give myself a chance to win, I think that would be... I feel like that sounds like the word is almost like you don't want regret. Like, you don't want to not and give yourself that chance. That's a strong word, but somewhat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in some ways. Uh, but you... Because you can't necessarily have regret. You have to live with your decisions you True. have, right? Mm-hmm. And good or bad, because you make... Whatever, however the outcome is, that's that develops your character, develops who you are. That's what I believe in. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I won't say regret, but you don't want to look 20 years down the line like, dang, I wish. But that's kind of having that regret in the back of your head. So mm, in a fine line of that, I would say, yeah, that yeah. would be kind of what I wouldn't want to happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair. When I was watching... Uh, the interview that you did with Draymond, which shout out to Draymond. You are talking about, like you say, there's a lot of teams that are saying, okay, we can get it done here. And you're like, well, why can't we do it here? Right? Right? Like, it's like, we can do that. And you believe in the organization and your ability and bringing people here and building that up, which kind of begs the question of, okay, well, why hasn't it happened yet? Right. How would you explain why you feel like it hasn't happened yet? Oh, it's tough. It's a, we might be here all day if we explain that. I've been here, what, 10, going on 11 years. Like, we've had windows, plenty of windows where we just, we missed it, right? And uh, we've made it to the second round. We've made it to game seven, the second rounds before. Like, we've we've given ourselves chances to kind of be that team. Yeah. Um, but I would say the last few years, we just, we didn't produce. It's simple. Like, we, we fell short. Obviously, we had Russ 
two years the year before, and that was that was pretty good. The COVID year, uh, it was tough with the playing game. We made the playing game. Eight seed going in, played played Philly, but it's it is tough to get free agents here for whatever reason, and that's that's kind of always been an Achilles heel here. Um, like we've kind of more or less had the draft and rely on the draft mm-hmm. and developing our guys. It's tough. Like we've moved on from a lot of guys we drafted, from a lot of guys that we had who probably killing on other teams. Now you look at it like ah, I wish we still yeah. had them. But <laughs> I mean, it happens. It's the league. It's yeah. the business. Um, but you know, it's just missing our window. Like you got, like I said before, it's so tough to win in the league. And once you have the opportunity, you got to, you got to take advantage of it. You know, and sometimes I think it was a few times we didn't we didn't necessarily capitalize on them. Um, but we just got to keep developing. For whatever reason, we gotta we gotta figure out a way to get yeah. guys here. Yeah. I think when a lot of fans watch basketball, they they kind of forget that you all do go home and you mm-hmm. have like these feelings and emotions. And one thing you and Draymond talk about on the podcast is how sometimes it feels like the money doesn't matter if you're losing. And the word that you all used is because you're miserable. Yeah. How have maybe these past years professionally impacted you personally? They've had some impact. I'll say. I'll be honest. Like, if my wife was here, she'd be even a little bit more honest because sometimes that comes home, and that's what I try not to do. But like, losing can do that, right? And yeah, we make a lot of money, and we care about our money. Obviously, we want to secure and make sure our financial future is secure. But you don't like getting your ass kicked every night. You get tired of it, you know. And so, you obviously you're not a quitter, but at the same time, you you don't want to keep chasing your tail. Yeah. And so it's a fine line. It is a fine line. Um, but there are, it has, I won't say it changed me, but it's it's kind of opened my mind and perspective to the game in a lot of ways, you know, and being happy, truly happy in what it what that looks like and and kind of where that is. And I think that's the tougher part. And you can't just like I can't just up and say, Oh, I want to go there. Like this. Right. Don't just work like that. And so, uh, you know, you look at everything in, in full scale and, and kind of see what's best for you. But in years past, it has. There have been moments where it's bothered me, for sure. Yeah. What moment sticks out? Oh, it was a few years ago. It wasn't... Last year was a rough year. It was... We were all over the place. Like, that's what's crazy. Like, the last few years, I don't make excuses, but we had a lot of crazy stuff going on yeah. within our team with COVID in these last two years. But I would say, what was it, two, three years ago? I think it was, I think we lost to Chicago and it kind of eliminated us from being in the playoffs one year. I think it was the year before we got Russ. That that loss really bothered me. I would say that was probably one of the biggest losses. I was like, yeah, this bothers me. Because I wanted to make the playoffs bad. Like, yeah. I wanted to make it bad. And I wanted to I wanted to get there. And that loss, for whatever reason, that was like, ah, this, that one stuck with me for a long time. Like, I was really frustrated with that one. Really? Yeah. But yeah. why do you think it was that one specifically? I don't know. It was tough because we had, I think, only like a few games left in a year. Like, we really needed this game. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get it. And it was like, damn, we didn't get it. So... And I think it was a game I had 50. So I think that was even more mm. reason why I was pissed. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's different talking about that 50 when it comes with the W. 
But it wasn't even that. It was just the fact we needed to win to get in the playoffs. And it was like, yeah. damn, I'm, I'm trying to do everything we can to get there. But mm-hmm. You know what I, I wonder? Honestly, I'm happy you say that. Because when I watch some guys in the playoffs that obviously are getting things like 50 points, having great games, and the team still loses. Is there like a feeling of like helplessness? Like you're like, I'm doing everything I can. And it's not working in this moment. Or what feeling comes with that when so much is on you and it ends up not being enough? Yes and no. Okay. Um, some like from the point of being like exhausted, you're like, damn, like, I don't know what else I could have done. But the competitive side of you is like, damn, I, maybe I I could have did a little bit more. Maybe yeah. there is something I could have did better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a lot of players are like that, more or less. They like put it on their shoulders and could have made the game easier for my teammates. You could have done, like, you just feel like, whatever reason, you just put it on your shoulders. And the helplessness, like, sometimes you feel like they, you get dramatic, but uh, you don't feel great about it. Like, I definitely, I hate losing when I have big games like that. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, you might as well just wash it away. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, just whatever. Just put the L on it. But, yeah, it's frustrating, but. So you talk about that Chicago loss being like kind of a, a low point for you because you weren't able to make the playoffs. What is it like for you watching the playoffs? Oh, it is tough. It is tough because obviously they're your peers and you compete on them. You you compete against them throughout the year. And to see the joy they have and how how much the game is, is it rises even much more. Like it's like, dang, I gotta be out there. Like that's kind of your mm-hmm. your feeling. And so it's definitely motivation and it is like inspirational. Like even that's what I'm saying, like watching Jason, like that's inspirational. Yeah. Seeing you play in the finals, like that is, it's a dream come true. Like, but it's also motivation. Like, damn, like I gotta gotta pick it up. Like I I need to be there. Like I need to get that experience. And so uh, for sure, it is definitely tough to watch, but it's fun to watch because it is, it's nothing like playoff basketball. Like I've had plenty of chances to play in the playoffs, played in, Big games, but to see it every single year, I feel like the competition gets better and better and harder and harder. Like it is, I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is my thing. Now I'm just like giving my, my prognosis. You are so talented. Like you are one of the guys in the NBA. Like you can do it all. You're a leader. You're a good teammate. And sometimes it's just like, you feel like you want everyone to see that. And it feels like <laughs> they don't all get to see it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel that way? Some, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. It's like, look, like, look, it's right there. It's right uh, there. Yeah, but winning. Winning solves that. Yeah. And that's what I just keep telling myself. Like, you can sit here and beat your, beat your chest all you want. Hey, hey. Draw the fireworks, whatever, but you got to win. Yeah. You, you win, you get the attention. You win, you get the, the recognition, the accolades, all that. So if you don't win, you don't get this stuff. That's that's one thing that I've learned throughout my career. Like Winning is super important. Winning is the cure winning to everything. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you get your due? Do you feel like you are appreciated as a player? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Amongst the organization and my peers, for sure. Like. I definitely have their respect and like I know every single time I step on the floor that okay, yeah, they game plan. So it's like to have that, like that's another respect factor that's like 
you never dream of that. You know, you wish you just get in the league, but to develop into like an elite player and be game plan for is like, okay, yeah, like that is, you're one of them. So I embrace it and it is so, it is super fun, but it's not easy. I would say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not easy. Okay, that's fair. So one thing that uh, we always do as a top five, your top five in no order. Okay. I want you to give me the top five current players that we don't talk about enough. Mm. I was going to say Zach, but we start talking about Zach a little bit more this year. Yeah. Mm. You can throw him in there if you want. Yeah, to. I'll throw Zach in there. Okay. Zach, Zach Levine. Levine. Hmm. Chris Middleton. Good one. I feel like Book was like that, but I think we know what Book is. Yeah. So I'm not going to throw him in there. I'm not going to throw him in there. Uh, mm, that's tough. Who don't get there, dude? Let me tell you some guys I thought about. You tell me. Yeah, something. I need some hints. Give me some hints. I thought about Dejounte Murray. Yeah. I feel like people don't really talk about, even yeah. though like he was an All Star. It's like people don't really talk about him as much as they should. Yes. I thought about yes. Drew Holiday. I know we already have a book on there, but Drew. Uh, but I think one. I think people got. Uh, yeah, they still don't talk about Drew a lot, but he. He's he's a guy, and I mean I'm a Hawks fan, but to me Clint Capella, Clint's a difference maker. He's a difference maker. Yeah, um, those are just two I so I know you said you said Zach Levine, Chris Middleton. Are we putting Dejounte in there? I put Dejounte, Dejounte in there for sure. Okay, part of me wants to say Shea, but that's a good one. Yeah, Shea. Yeah, I'll throw okay. Shea in there. Only one more. Um, who's a big? I want a big, tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Who was killed? It's always like small market teams that have really, really talented. You know what I mean? I think Desmond Bain now. For sure. I'll throw him in there. Okay. That's he's, a, he's, that's a he's young. Five. He still has some years to. Yeah, he's still young, huh? Desmond's yeah. what, second year? Or rookie? I don't think he's a rookie. He's I think a rookie. it's his second, second year. right? Yeah. 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 So he's still has some. But you know what's crazy, though, is you talk about Desmond Bain and so many of them? We underestimate just how big of a stage those playoffs are. Because when you make it there and you go crazy, like now everyone knows Desmond. No one probably was checking for Desmond. Even when the Grizzlies were hot, it's just that stage is, it's un. That's how you make your money. It really is. You show up in the playoffs, that's how you make your money. Yeah. But no, that's, a, that's he, a very solid he was He was big for them throughout the year. Like when yeah. Ja got hurt, uh, Dylan got hurt, like they, like he was there. Yeah. He's present, and so, and he's he's gotten a lot better. So, I salute him for sure, for sure. Very sure. So, obviously, like I said, everybody talks about how you are a great teammate, great guy to be around. Um, I know John Wall is like your brother. You've talked about you all's relationship. He was in the news uh, this week because Colin Coward said he doesn't make his teammates better. Uh, did John Wall make you better? Yes. Yes. How so? Oh, he helped me IQ-wise. He helped me understand the floor, spacing on the floor. I've never played with a better passer than John to this day. Um, John was super elite at that. Uh, so for me, like understanding the pace of the NBA game, uh, like he was, he was my mentor coming into the league. So for me to say he didn't help me would be blasphemous. Like I. 
he'll come up, he'll slap me next time he see me. <laughs> like John's helped me in so many ways. Um, all handling, learning how to read a pick and roll, how to pass out of a pick and roll, um, understanding where guys will be on the floor. Like he was really great at that. And so that learning that from him, like when he got hurt and I had to play point guard, who helped me? John did. You know, so I'm not, yeah. Yeah. No, and I like, I love John. I think he's so great. He's so funny. Um, and it feels like there was somewhat of like an evolution to you all's relationship. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's accurate? Mm-hmm. How would you describe that evolution? Where'd you start? What was the middle? What was the end? Because uh, it played out a bit publicly that was probably a lot of incorrect stuff. From but. the start, I would say we were young pups trying to find our way in the league and trying to both be alpha dogs. Mm. and allowing social media and media to kind of alter that with us. The middle part is us being adults and actually talking and having a conversation like, yo, is that how you feel? No. Is that how you feel? No. Okay, we're good. Mm. So that eliminated all of the noise. Um, And I think now our relationship's even tighter from... um, I hope you don't mind me talking about this, but when his mother passed, right? And so I dropped everything was, I'm there for you, right? And so that for him was a different type of bond and relationship and a brotherhood for me. And so to this day, like, if he needs me, I'm dropping everything, go to him. Like, he's a brother, you know, for forever. And so him, his family, his two amazing little boys, he has, like, that's everything for sure. And so... Our bond is unbreakable. Like, and I think that's that's kind of where it's it's transitioned to. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's my brother forever for sure. And that's really a testament to you two because I think that a lot of times it doesn't go that way. I think mm-hmm. teammates who want to be alpha dogs, they'll see these reports, things about maybe someone says about them, but they don't have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that conversation, I'm sure, was like the difference maker for you two. Mm-hmm. So how do you approach that and how much did that conversation help? It helped a lot because we were somewhat stubborn. Like, like we were like, dang, is that how you feel? Like, because you're just reading. Like, you can't avoid it. You see it. And that's, and then when you're like, okay, no, we have to talk. We got to have this conversation. Like, we can't just be playing basketball yeah. and playing great games but not <laughs> saying anything or not yeah. addressing the elephant in the room. And so it just, it literally got to a point where we were like, all right, let's go to lunch. Let's go to dinner. Do you remember when you had it? It was actually, I think it was in Memphis. It was in Memphis. We had it over barbecue. Yeah, nothing like good barbecue. So, <laughs> Memphis, thank you. Yeah, y'all helped too. Yeah, helped good barbecue, out. good conversation. So, yeah, it was a, it was over, it was over a meal, and we were good. We were good. It was like just the complete opposite of what we were eating. So, it was cool. See, look at that, guys. This narrative—they hated each other. It's awful. Throw it out the window. <laughs> Yeah, like it's over, friends. We got it. Okay, good. Uh, Another person, obviously, you, by the way, when I was looking at this, you have done so much in your career. Like there has just been so many things that have happened, uh, people that you have played with. Um, But Russell Westbrook's another one. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that is someone you are also um, incredibly close to as well. What do people have wrong about Russell Westbrook? Because I always tell you, he's the nicest human being. Oh, for sure. The nicest. Russell's the greatest guy ever. Yeah. I was just with him and. AU basketball in Louisville. Like, yeah. Russ is in Louisville. Russ, like, Russ can be any, nothing against Louisville, but mm-hmm. Russ could be anywhere in the world, spend time with his family, but he's 
just like me, he's with his AU team. He's investing his time. Mm-hmm. And he's he's unbelievable. He's a great man, great individual, great husband, great father, and unbelievable teammate. Like when he's on your team, you love him, but you hate playing against him. Oh yeah. Right? Um the I don't know what it is about what they have wrong about Russ or why he gets as much disrespect as he does. Like I guess they want him to shoot a million threes a game and make a million threes. But Russ is going in what year 14, 15 maybe. Like he's he is who he is. Mm-hmm. Like you can't change who he is. Like he's played this way his whole career. He's played hard. He goes hard. That's why I'll never disrespect him. Like I witnessed it for 82 games. Like mm-hmm. and so like that pushed me to a new level. Like I had my best year of my career with Russ. And so I I hate the disrespect he receives, but yeah. I do commend him for for sticking in it and and uh and just just being a man about it, competing still. But it's not easy to do. Like I think the dynamic of their team was tough for everybody to play. Totally. I think just the way they were assembled in the, as a in total was tough for all of them to really excel at what they could do. I think a lot of them were out of position and it was tough. Can you explain to others the way that situation impacts your career? A lot. A lot. And I think think that's what's so tough because you don't have control of where you get drafted. Right? Mm -hmm. So all of us would love, like if you're a top pick, sorry, you're not. Chances of you going to an elite team are very slim. Right? So as a young kid, you that is tough, and you have to. Well, that is a different lane than somebody who's going to uh, Golden State or Boston right now, right? Mm-hmm. And so, your learning experiences and curves may be totally different. Your playing time may be totally different. Like you're going to get thrown right into the fire, more or less, on a you know as a top pick. But you know, at the same time, it's. That is just that is just the business and the reality of the league. Like you want to be who you want to be, gotta gotta kind of put on the big boy pants. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you in a lot of ways you're a mentor to so many guys. You're incredibly well liked in the league, and you make a huge impact in your community. I know you were doing that June 18th. Yes. Yes, with the uh, the basketball court. Tell me all about it. So I partnered with Hoop for All. It's a nonprofit in DC. Uh, it's a group of Howard alum students, uh, and literally we're refurbishing an old court that's across the street from the university. And it's a court, it's literally two courts that citizens in D.C. used to play on all the time. And now it's like not even a playing surface. Like It was unbelievable just to see it. But for me, it was like I want to find something to do in a city where I can leave like a like an imprint, like a land, not like a landmark, but like a, you know, some type of memory here, right? And so they approached me about it and I seen like they were a very small nonprofit, but they, like this is something that they did. Like they did a lot of court refurbishments. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is exactly what I want to do. You know, Io, the head guy, he is unbelievable. And, uh, and the entire team. And so I'm excited June 18th um, in D.C., We'll unveil the court. It's being painted on as we speak. So amazing! I'm excited about it. Um, the city will have two more courts to play on, and 
work for the youth. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. And it's also great because it's happening Juneteenth weekend as well. Uh, Why was that important and significant? So that's exactly why we chose that weekend, right? And Mm -hmm. so obviously we didn't want to have it on that on Juneteenth day. We want to pay the homage to that day, but Mm -hmm. we're obviously, we're 100% speaking on it and addressing Juneteenth and and celebrating it in in a little way, uh, for sure. So um, that weekend, the whole weekend in D.C. is going to be crazy that weekend. So uh, I think we'll get it started on the 18th and the 19th and someone will be crazy for yeah. sure. And, you know, the word that you used about what you want in your career right now was impact. Um, does this kind of help feed into what that impact is going to be? A hundred percent, you know, because we love the fans. Like, and fans will ask you, what do you want your legacy to be? But like, how did I impact you? Did you enjoy watching me? Like when you interacted with me, was I a great guy? Right. Or did you catch me on a bad day? Which I try not to do. But we do have bad days. We do have bad Everyone days. Everyone has them. Uh, but for, yeah, like what I can do in the community, you know, how I can uplift people, how I can utilize my resources, utilize my platform. Like that's one thing I told Hoop for All. Like I want to utilize my platform and lift you guys up and what you guys do. Right. This should be recognition for other people, other cities, other states, other organizations to want to partner with you and kind of create this idea because ironically over the last year, but especially since COVID, street ball has been kind of a thing now. Like yeah. we're starting to get back outside and play basketball again on a blacktop. So like for us to do that, do this project, it's like that could be like a little thing we create. So totally. however I can utilize my platform and again, leaving an impact on people is what I care about. No, I think it's beautiful. Congratulations on that. So June 18th, that's what uh, he's doing. Random, do you still eat Skittles before every game? No, but I, <laughs> I, I still, I, I want to bad, but it's, I, I, I don't, I don't. I mean, so once a week, never? Like, are Skittles still in the diet? I, I would say once a month. I try to cut down on my sugars. I, I know, I'm not I'm, I'm, Old, y'all, I'm getting old. Yeah, in the video I saw you, like, I do them before every game. Oh, yeah, I was a sugar rush for sure. Yeah. Was, <laughs> was it, like, helping or it was just your thing? No, it was helping for sure. It was like I was energized, <laughs> I was ready to go. But I was like, ah, I got cut back. Like, no more sugar. Yeah. And you ch- ended up choosing uh, the barbecue chips over the Skittles, which I was surprised by because you said yeah. you ate the Skittles all the time. Wow. I probably wouldn't do that today. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like probably would do that. Yeah. Okay, so I have I have to ask you this. It's just your words. I just want to clarify. So mm. uh, we'll end on this. So you said in March, March 3rd, when asked whether you're leaning on staying with the Wizards, mm-hmm. you said, it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Does that hold true? Is it still fair? Yeah, it's always been the same. It's been the same. Nothing's, nothing's altered me one way or another. Like I've always... Like we talked about earlier, everything's been straightforward with the organization. And that is a fair statement, for sure, until I feel otherwise. And yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I hope you make the best decision for yourself. You are great. Love your family. Shout out Kamaya. She's so fun. Cute kids. And she's pregnant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When is she due? Soon. She's ready to pop now. She's driving me crazy. <laughs> but, uh, no, middle of July. Amazing. Another one. Yeah. I assume it's just like, you're like, okay, another one's going to be coming around, but all the kids are so different. I'm sure you get so equally excited. There's going to be one more. It's like, yeah, but you got to start all over again. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. No sleep, but I'm glad we have summer babies, so I don't have to deal with this in the middle of the year. 
Yeah. And you have like two boys that like get in everything. They're fun. They're like everywhere. Yeah. I always say my boys run a house. I just live there, pay the bills. You know, <laughs> they they run the show every single day. Got the schedule going. Uh, you know, I'm just the, the guy that visits and walks around. So. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Next time I see you, you'll be a, a dad of three. Yeah, slow down out there. Slow down. July, come slowly. Um, Any fan questions? Are we good? Uh, A lot of finals predictions. Oh, I mean, I feel like he's going to go boss. I do got a lot of green on today. (laughs) I mean, this wasn't wasn't on purpose, I swear. (laughs) Um, But I am... mm, Draymond going to kill me. But Jason would also kill you. So either way, you got to just say what's in your heart. I'm going Jason. I really want Jason to win. I want Jason to win. If that makes sense, y'all. Yeah. Jason. I'm not saying boss. I want Jason. You want Jason to do it. I got you. Has there been anything in the playoffs that surprised you? Like the whole playoffs? Either a performance, a team not making it to the finals? Like what has been the biggest surprise? Uh, I wouldn't say anything's a surprise. I would say it's a lot of young guys up and coming in the league and everybody's on notice now. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's kind of the biggest grasp that I got from the playoffs, like, yeah, a lot of the teams probably didn't make it or get as far as they wanted to, but it, those series were competitive, right? Yeah. And probably wore down a lot of teams and altered them in the next round. So it was, I would say it's a lot of teams that are, you got to, okay, you got to lace them up. You yeah. know, you got to be ready to go. So, mm-hmm. uh, but to see, kind of see the run that Boston went on to go through, you know, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, uh, get to, that was, that's a tough run. That's yeah. a tough run. And so. that's the thing. They took down the Giants. Yeah. Like, yeah. They went yeah. through. They didn't. They kept saying they didn't duck any smoke. They didn't. They, they, went, did they went through the big dogs. So. Yeah. Okay. Last thing before I let you go, because you said this and it's true. There's always this conversation about like the guys under 25 that are so good. Like that there's just so many really good young guys in the league. And we talk about it a lot. But why do you think so many of like the best guys are so young? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, why is it happening right now? I don't remember a time that it was so, like, youth-heavy. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a different age in the game. It's like the game always evolves. That's one thing you can't stop. You yeah. can't stop the evolution of the game. And young guys are just kind of like, they don't want to take a back seat no more. Like, it's, no, I'm here. Yeah. So you got to respect it because they, they putting on. They are putting on. Yeah, and That's what's sure. really striking me about the young guys, like, they're not scared. Like, normally when the younger guys get in, you can tell they're kind of like, oh, shit, like I'm playing LeBron mm-hmm. or I'm playing whoever. No, these guys are like, let's go. Yeah. There's no yeah. fear in yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that kind of lends to, to their performances, too. So it's a really fun time in the league. It is amazing. It's, that's why I love it. It's super competitive. Like, I don't know how many teams would have predicted the series, I mean, the finals to be what it is, you know, with all the amazing teams we have. So it's a testament to our league and the growth of it, for sure. Well, thank you so much for your Thanks time. For you were me. fantastic. I'll be awesome show. Thank you. I'll be watching for the decision and all the things. I'm excited. Are you gonna do like not one, not two? <laughs> we'll see. Yes. Well, no, you were great. Countdown. So it's gonna be. Yeah, it's coming up. Do you know when you're gonna like say what you're doing? <laughs> Can you tell us that? Are you like just gonna? No, I'll have a date. You My birthday is June 28th, so I guess oh. maybe around there. Maybe around the birthday, you heard it here. No, seriously, thank you so much for your time and your openness and all the things. Thank you.